INS, the International News Service, your source for the most important weird news from across the globe. With news analyst Kevin Harrison, actor, comedian, and musician Mike Wiebe, and professional commentator Brian Camp. INS, the news you need. you boys to know i'm i'm broadcasting from the sunny shores of northeast ohio no just eastern ohio the place you're at looks very ohio-y ish yeah this was built i think in 72 or 73 and uh it looks very 72 has never been upgraded 72 colors yeah. brown everything is brown and yellowish you used to have orange uh, shed carpet panel walls are you on shed carpet no not anymore did y'all put out crickets last night crickets for the loveland frog Oh, I'm not that close. I'll be there. I'll be in Loveland tomorrow, but it's it's too cold for the Loveland frog. He's got to be hibernating. You don't know what dimension. He's probably from a very warm dimension yeah. when he pops yeah, over. I, he, has, he has several, several heat spells. It's, right. <laughs> He's at least a level five, I would think. Yeah, or like a, a cloak of warming, maybe. Mm-hmm. Probably That's probably a specialist spell. It's probably like a tomb balls cloak of warming. I feel oh, like man. that's a named spell. Yeah, yeah. So tomorrow we're staying with my stepfather's uh, brother and sister-in-law, and they are a mere 16-minute mm-hmm. drive from Loveland, Ohio. You need to get some audio. Yeah, yeah. You have to go, go. Get some, go get some audio. You may, like, at the very worst, uh-huh. you may get an EVP. Right. Ooh. Go take a picture of the bridge. Uh, I could maybe try to do that. We'll see what Don't happens. Don't maybe try. Do it. You're gonna yeah. be 16 <laughs> minutes away. This is get out a get out a recorder while you're on the bridge and you and I guarantee you there'll be like a and then when you slow the auto down you hear like ribbit <laughs> ribbit ribbit yeah you're ribbit. right hey, here's what I know I know Mark's gonna leave us in uh-huh. and I know that anyone who hears this is immediately gonna search for some sort of documentation of uh, your efforts yeah. to visit and photograph and collect evidence from the site of. Uh-huh. One of INS's favorite cryptids, second only to Catobleepus. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's anybody's favorite other than the two mm. of yours. Catobleepus. Catobleepus. We don't know what you're talking about. None of us. <laughs> they know. Globally, they know. They know. They know. Globally, people know for sure. Mm. For sure. The Danes good do. People. Well, the, the good people in Egypt do. I think definitely more, more than yeah, I think that's do. more. I think it's more like Middle Eastern. If I think, mm-hmm. if, I, if I know my fictional animals, yeah, Middle Mid East, kind of like, kind of like Chicago. Uh-huh. Right, you're kind of up that way too, Kevin. Chicago's not the Middle East. Yeah, it is. Okay, well, more, okay, more like Wisconsin's, like right. the Middle East. Yeah, it's more like the Midwest. Yeah, you're like the whole of the Rust no, Belt, but east of. Well, west of the west of the Rockies east coast, but wet east of the west coast, mm. though. <laughs> so I, I got a question. Maybe you can fill us yeah. in on. Yes, uh, Kevin. Yeah. Um, here in the states, we often refer to the Rust Belt, and we know that the Rust Belt is the Ohio, Michigan area. Right. Uh, do you think that is internationally known? And do you think we need to explain it more? And whether we do or we don't. Is that considered an insult to the people in Ohio? If I were to say, like, 
hey, you rust belt son of a bitch, is that an Ohio slur? Does the Ohio one get upset when we refer to the rust belt? I feel like calling anybody a son of a bitch is going to be a slur. Hmm. But yeah, I think there's. I but, they don't, but the rust belt, they don't go like, we ain't rusty. We're, <laughs> we got, we're, we're, we're shiny chrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, we're I think spit that, polished. I think right. there's a certain. There's point a catalytic converter plant just down the highway. I don't steal those. Baby's kids. We don't die. We multiply. <laughs> Baby's kids. I, mean, I, think I think there's definitely a certain, like, so yesterday, uh, was it, two, three days ago, I was outside, and it was minus six, or with the wind chill, it was minus 30, but I, I, I walked five miles a day, I said I'm going to do this, so I was bundled up to the point where I had, like, an eye slit to walk around, and I think... Like a Jawa. And I think there was a certain point of pride in the people who live here, and the fact that <laughs> their metal cars can't survive it, but somehow they can. Yeah. Got to uh, get the undercoat. That, clear, that extra 500 bucks for that clear coating is the best deal in automotive sales. Well, if you piss your pants, you'll be warm for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then you freeze. But then it gets cold. But at least you have something to drink as you cool off. Right, Mike? Sweet nectar. Mm-hmm. Do people, are they complaining about how cold it is out there? Or are they just like, this is another day, another dollar? I think it's a little of both. I think what they complain, you know what they complain about is if they are in an area that has not had the snowplow come by. Have you had a lot of snow while you're there? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, so we had probably three or four inches, but we had crazy like 45 mile an hour winds for two days. And so I would do, like, I, I would literally go out and I'd walk Gale like a mile. force. Yeah. I'd Gale go out, force, Kevin. I'd go out, I'd walk for a mile, I'd come back, sit in the house and warm up for, for an hour, and then go out to walk again. And it hadn't snowed at all. It had just been windy. And my tracks in the snow were completely covered up because it was so windy out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't Crystal be Crystal Gale Force. <laughs> <laughs> she had long hair. Yeah, she whipped it around. It was, it was super windy. Loretta Lynn's uh, huh. uh, sister. Godmother. No, sister. Younger sister. She used, it, she used her hair to tie men mm-hmm. up with. The gold miner's daughter. It was pre, pre prehensile hair. She could actually mm-hmm. use it to do pull-ups with some sort of reptilian human hybrid. Probably what the Loveland Frog's mm-hmm. been hunting down all this time. Truly a possibility. Mm-hmm. Crystal Gale. No, Crystal Gale was in a life and death struggle with Juice Newton. Oh, oh. playing with Queen of Hearts. <laughs> well, Crystal Gale is don't it make my brown eyes blue. I mean, you only have. I think they're both right. one hit wonders, right? No, come on. And then she had a parody song called Don't It Make My Brown Piss Blue. <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't It Make My Brown Piss Poo. That's what it is. Oh, Don't yeah. It Make My right. Brown Piss Poo. I, that's really right. a hit, like a jukebox hit. Nobody yeah. wrote part song. We would play it at stag parties. Yes, all the stag parties. That's, that's another cartoon phrase, I think, for me. I never knew that. Yeah. Me for, and I thought, oh. And then I thought, oh, as an adult, I'll hear the phrase stag party all the time, only to find out. Yeah, that's true. No one says stag party. Yeah. I kind of yeah. wish they did, though. Stag films, that used to be a term, too. You, right? you, you gentlemen both have been married. Why, why didn't you have stag parties? Is, that what a, is a stag party a bachelor's party, or is it just a party so. with just dudes? That's a bunch sausage of, party. I feel like rowdy dudes. Well, right. I feel like a stag party now has uh-huh. implications of 
impropriety. Okay. It, oh. I feel like it always had I feel like that. it was probably a standard thing back then, and now there's probably acts or deeds committed that we would frown upon. A lot of circle jerks, probably. Well, yeah, but probably like a lady in the middle of the circle. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, That's, I'm thinking of Requiem for a Dream. and um, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. That, that kind of, yeah. Okay. That's a lot right. of cigars. No, I don't think I'd be into that. A lot of cigars, a lot of yelling. I'm going to make a joke just to get it cut out of the episode. What about a Skaggs <clears throat> Alpha Beta party? Mark won't cut it out. Leave that in, Mark. Leave that in, Mark. Skaggs Alpha Beta party? You're not the boss of him. He, but he has, he understands what's going on right now and he knows <laughs> that's it's a, crucial. That's a regional deep cut. Right. Yeah. Well, our, I, at I, least 50% of our audience is not in the United States. You couldn't make any grocery. We shouldn't even be making Kroger jokes. Yeah. Our, our, our entire I think Kroger's is national, is internationally known at this point right. because of us, though. Right. Well, yeah. Right. But our entire audience is, are, consists of the countries of Canada, Panama, Denmark, Ireland, and now Vietnam and El Salvador. (laughs) El Salvador, really? Yeah. Oh, man, the killing fields. Is that where the killing fields were? Is that where the killing fields were? Yeah, El Salvador. San Salvador. Oh, there was that movie San Salvador around this. I think. No, the killing fields were in Cambodia. That's Colombia. No, that's Cambodia. Sorry, not Colombia. Shoeless Joe Jackson. Shoeless Joe Jackson. I think the Killing Fields came out around the same time mm-hmm. as San Salvador. The Killing Fields of, Field of Dreams. Yeah, the Killing Fields of Dreams. <laughs> yeah, it's where Kevin Costner, mm-hmm. or sexy senior Kevin Costner. Hey, listen, I know yeah. that we're done with the holidays, uh, but if uh-huh. you, and I wish I, I wish I would have recommended this to the IS listeners, but maybe they have to go home. If you're ever in a situation, if you got white parents and you're in a situation where there's things are starting to get a little uh, politically heated around the dinner table, just to change yeah. the subject, just go like, hey, what happened on the last episode of Yellowstone? <laughs> this is true. This is, yeah. And then politics mm-hmm. is done. Then we're Then we're into Kevin Costner and his gravelly voiced... But somehow, what is it with him? How has he maintained, like, Dances with Wolves, I remember being pretty good. Have yeah. you seen it lately? I bet mean, it doesn't hold no, up. No, and I haven't. That's what I'm saying. I remember yeah. it being pretty good, and I don't think it probably is. No, right. I don't think so either. I remember even back then thinking, like, oh, it was just kind of cool because it was, like, a longer movie. And uh, and I there, there weren't a lot of new Westerns coming out at the time. Mm-hmm. And then I was a kid then when that came out. Right. And but I also remember even thinking like, man, this movie that's winning Oscars, like this guy isn't a very good actor. Right. No. Should we should we go through the exercise of naming good Kevin Costner movies? Okay, let's no, do. No, I think that's a lot of. TV. I'm gonna say open. I'm calling Waterworld. Range. Waterworld. Yeah. The Postman. No. Okay. Yeah. You got Open Range is pretty good. Range is pretty good. Silverado. JFK. JFK's fun. Yeah. I bet that is pretty fun. Silverado's not really, but kind of only bare. Like he, that's a movie he's in. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's he's probably like the the lesser of like four like leads. Evils. Yeah, if that. Is. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Bull Durham. I bet Bull Durham holds up. Probably in the, in the Untouchables as well. 
Untouchables, yeah, is pretty good. Yeah. I don't think yeah. he was. I don't remember him being very good in it, though. No, no, like, I don't think he's good in it. I think it's just probably a good movie. Didn't Bull Durham though start his era of movies where he's just is playing himself and himself is an asshole? Probably, yeah. I think I think so. It was like I a think weird that's like what was going on. Yeah. Why do we think he's sexy? Here's the thing. Uh, uh, at the Johnson House, friend of the podcast, Ben Johnson, mm-hmm. former, former at the Johnson House, where I grew up, they they noticed there's a scene where there's a bunch of Italian mobster guys, uh-huh. and it's a shootout. It's Connery or or whatever. Uh, one of the dudes, Andy Garcia, whoever they they bust open the door, and there's he and there's this Italian like gangster guy, and he starts to like he freezes. And he's about to go for his gun. And then uh, Connery goes, don't do it. Don't do it. And then he goes for his gun. And when he grabs his gun, he screams a slur that I've actually, I've asked Italian people. And I, it's not, it, I don't think it means anything. He just grabs, he goes, <laughs> Esufachi. <laughs> and uh, for years and years, we would scream Esufachi at each other. <laughs> and now, and now, and I, and I, and I, it didn't, it doesn't mean anything, right? Esufachi. <laughs> and then he gets shot. Now really? I realize what he was uh-huh. trying to say. Oh. He, I, I realize yeah. what he's trying to say. Yeah. Esufachi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a slur against Fauci. Yep. Because I don't know if I've told you guys. The implications. This. I hate <laughs> I hate him so much. Yeah. If your Christmas wasn't what you expected this year, if it, if it was a little lesser than what you had mm-hmm. hoped, you have one person to blame. I mean, mine mine went pretty well. I, mean, I have to say. Well, no thanks to him. If you're a teen or a tween or an uh, adult or a 20 okay. or 30 or 40 and you wanted a okay. playstation 5 and you didn't get it yeah <laughs> uh, if you got a dui in the last year hmm. <laughs> we're due for a new christmas tradition here in the states fauci is some sort of joy stealing character around christmas time okay. is yeah, I feel like that could catch on. Like the Grinch. I think Fauci is a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think like New Grinch. I I will say I've seen this on the internet a lot. Uh-huh. There's a new. There is like a weird new tradition of parents hiring a Grinch, uh, someone oh, dressed in yeah. a Grinch costume to come over that. and just terrorize the fuck out of their kids. <laughs> and it is as and I you know I I do take delight in seeing kids get scared of that. Some of them, the kids are scared, and some of them, they're, it's just hilarious. They're, like, angry and throwing right. things at the ground. <laughs> and, and it seems really fun. But uh, it would be nice to just replace the Grinch with Fauci. Okay. And instead of, you know, a giant guy in a green green felt Santa suit, mm-hmm. a green suit with Santa outfit over it, it's just Fauci coming in going, Hey, COVID. Or whatever. I don't even know what he, what he talks like. Is that Fauci or the phone? That's what he sounds like. That was uncanny. Hey, should... COVID over here. Yeah. Every time leading into December and something goes wrong or like, you know, if you're 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 in high school, you're a kid, your friends want to go out and, mm-hmm. you know, I got, my grandmom's coming to town. I can't go out tonight. Your grandmom. Thanks, Fauci. Yeah. Just like everything, everything that happens is like, I, you know, like just the cars in the shop. Thanks, Fauci. That, that would yeah, be a real they, just, but only around Christmas time. Doing that during Obama, what, wasn't that the whole "Thanks Obama" meme? Yeah, but that was a real thing. 
<laughs> yeah, well, that was because he deserved it because he was. He really... deserved every bit of it. Oh, yeah. so you're saying yeah. Fauci doesn't deserve it? I see. No, it's a different Fauci's <laughs> interference with joy and uh-huh. the robustness of life is yeah. almost supernatural. Oh, you know when okay. people like, say that when people describe someone as being like Hitler, and people mm-hmm. say, "Well, that's going that's too far," right? Well, uh-huh. if yeah. you are describing someone as being like Fauci, that's mm. way too far because <laughs> Fauci is worse than Hitler. Let's mm. just you, put that out there. Okay, you way heard it here, first listeners. You heard it here. I, that may just be Mike's opinion. Right. These these are the most evil people in the world. Yeah, the there ones you who want you to get shot. One, you know, it goes, uh, it goes, Dracula, mm-hmm. Hitler, and then Fauci. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right, coming in at bronze. That's... Yeah. Man, what if Dracula were to turn either Hitler or Fauci? Would they overcome? Ooh, would they overtake Dracula? I think yeah, right. that's what would happen. Dracula would Dracula would die. Dracula would bite them and mm. then start gagging. What if Fauci bit Dracula? Oh Jesus Christ! Right. I wanted to just a little sidebar. Uh, okay. um, so we are. I know we're a couple weeks after the holidays right now, but yeah, um, is it January 11th? <laughs> January 11th. Uh, but you know, on the post holidays, I spelled days D A Z E. Wonderful. And I want to apologize for. I, it went viral. I I was promoting the the Nog Bomb Bomb Challenge online, uh-huh. and yes, a lot of kids were going to the hospital because of that, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that nobody died, so I do want to continue the thing, but just a little, little shout out to, just to be a little bit responsible. Hey kids, if you're going to do the Nog Bomb Bomb Challenge, mm-hmm. make sure you're over 21, and if you're, if you're going to do the Nog Bomb Bomb Challenge, and you're under 21, make sure you have a really cool friend's single mom nearby who's going to hang out okay. and allows you to do that. You know, a, mom, a single mom that's like, hey, listen, I know you're going to go do the <clears throat> knock bomb bomb challenge somewhere, but if you're going to do it, I'd rather you do it in my house right. than out in some field somewhere uh, mm-hmm. at least at least i know where you are and she doesn't wear and she doesn't wear a bra and she Ooh. smokes palm malls yeah you know so one of those two things if you're going to do the knock bomb bomb challenge next year because uh-huh. uh i know i've been getting i've been getting a lot of blowback for creating the knock bomb bomb challenge but rome rome wasn't built in a day and there were mistakes in creating disneyland so <laughs> three or four yeah Welcome to the International News Service, where your hosts, I'm Kevin Harrison, along with... I'm Brian Camp. I'm Mike Wiebe, creator of the Nog Bomb Bomb Challenge, and legally, uh, legally not responsible for anything that anyone does with the Nog Bomb Bomb Responsible Challenge. for creating it, but yet not responsible for anything that happens as a result I've, of it. I never have pulled a gun on anyone and said, you have to do the Nog Bomb Bomb Challenge. <laughs> right. Now, if if that were ever to be a situation where uh-huh. I was in a room with Fauci, uh-huh. you bet I would pull a gun on him and make him do the right. Nog Bomb Challenge. If you're too much of a pussy that. to do the Nog Bomb Challenge without getting yeah. sick, that's on you. Yep. What percentage of people approximately have taken this challenge that have gotten sick? I don't I don't know percentages. I do know that there are there are about about fifteen kids uh, and adults. 
uh-huh. over the uh, in the United States and Canada up in the hospital. None of them died. Right. Fifteen kids and adults that uh, were the United States, Canada, and a couple mm-hmm. in Mexico that died or that, that didn't die. They died. They're oh, in the they hospital. Nobody died. Uh-huh. No, they did not die, and only one severe uh, experienced severe brain trauma. Right. They all had pre. Too. That's what I'm saying so, too. You know. Uh-huh. I mean, let's be honest. This okay. I mean, really, at the end of the day, let's look at let's look at the people that are incorrectly, you know, putting the amounts of nog in cartons, and who's pa- who's pasteurizing? Who's pasteurizing this nog? That's really what it is. Let's talk about pasteurization. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a conversation about pasteurization. Right. I think. Don't it's it's raw nog is what they're getting after, and that's yeah. Not- that's not part of the challenge, as I recall, Mike. And no, not at all. Um, no. And at the end of the day, this is this is about big nog. Mm-hmm. Mm. So this week we've got two dirty news stories, a bonus story for our Patreon listeners, Ooh. and Mike has a new story for us. And get to know your podcast. Mm-hmm. So this first story comes to us from Rolling Stone, and uh, it's important to note Ooh, here: cool rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm Bob Dylan and the Rolling Stone. Satisfaction. Come on. That's the the one. That's the one. Roll music, man. Yeah. So it's important to start the story with the explanation that the term BDSM stands for some variation. Some people use all these words. Some people use some combination of these words, but it stands for some variation of bondage and discipline dominance and submission, and sadism and masochism. It's also a term that the Fort Lauderdale City Commissioners are unlikely to ever forget since mid-December when a leather-clad woman introduced only as Miss Crave, and that's Crave with a K, much like the Kellogg cereal. Miss Crave... Oh, cereal, yeah. Yeah. Miss Crave appeared before the commissioners. The meeting itself was focused on the approval of a $1 million waste management contract for the city. Miss Crave, who told the commissioners, quote, you may call me mistress, suggested the city should instead divert a quarter of those funds or $250,000 to create a BDSM dungeon for the area, which she said would be, quote, created for us, by us, the taxpayers, and voting citizens. She closed her statement by saying, do not let so this... So, FUBU. Well, this is, that's a little different. <laughs> that's right, FUBU Michael. FUBU is a little, little different than uh, what, what's going uh-huh. on here. Culturally and... Otherwise, I had no idea FUBU were involved in BDSM. So she closed her statement by saying, quote, do not let this glamorous look distract you from doing your duty. Take my demand. I look forward to spanking each and every single one of you at the new esteemed dungeon. You are dismissed. And then Miss Crave exited the meeting. The measure for wa- the waste contract was passed, but not before one commissioner stated, quote, I know there were a couple of proposed clubs of a variety of natures um, from a couple years ago. I thought they were mostly in District 2, though. But the commissioner of District 2 replied, quote, we have a lot of things going on in District 2, but I don't think we have any dungeons. Where is this? Uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Oh, well, that makes sense. And it's dumb that they don't have one already. I mean, right. they seem it's to Florida. have some. They, they just don't have any that are funded by the city. Well, they should be. I mean, it's Florida. Uh, BDSM uh, is... <laughs> Sadomasochism. What? What are you talking about? My dentist? What? <laughs> Come on. Uh, Solid, Mike. Thank you. And topical. You know, I have this weird memory. 
Mm-hmm. I question Uh-oh. it because it's so weird. But I remember being in the first grade. Uh, the, my teacher's name was Miss Mulkey. Mistress Mulkey? Yes. There was a substitute, or not a substitute, but a, uh, a was student teacher in uh-huh. there. And I remember Miss Mulkey leaving. Uh-huh. And the the student teacher, like, the, we were acting up or whatever, and she got real mad at the class uh-huh. and said, you do not act like this when Mr. Smokey is here. And when Ooh. Mr. Smokey is gone, I am the teacher. I am the teacher when Mr. Smokey. And I remember her saying Mr. Smokey a bunch. And I remember uh-huh. thinking, wow, that's real weird. You know, I'm, I'm in the first grade now, though. Yeah. Maybe that's, like, how people talk. And I've carried that, you know, like, it was the first grade. It was my first... You know, right. that was like, oh, man, this is real school. And I, it's, it's such an odd, weird memory that I, que- like, could that have been real? Kevin, you might know this in super proper English. So there's Miss. What is right. Miss short for? Mistress. Not to be too cruel to my former uh, teachers, but I feel like they were too, Ooh. let's say, rural. Right to be using any sort of uh, mistress about each other uh-huh. in the sense of, like, in Queen's English. This begs a bit of a question. Is there any chance that these that this teacher and the substitute did know each other and there was a reference to the sexual mistress Ooh. and there was some sort of ho-house connection? <laughs> I am wondering if the there was some sort of exchange problem between the local Denton Ho House, you know, I mean, because clearly there is some bleed over where I, because I don't know that the hoes in the the younger person's Ho House, I mean, there's surely there was some, surely all the administrative stuff was done by older hoes. They had the experience. Yeah. I don't know. I've been trying to track down uh, because I think that, you know, Denton got very you know, gentrified and that uh-huh. they kind of all the all the really DIY ho houses mm-hmm. <laughs> moved out of uh-huh. town. And this um, is the traditional father and very young son. Yeah, yeah young exactly. Son ho house, correct. Yeah. I mean right. it's obviously not a mom and pop ho house, but a mom and daughter ho house. So I did find that mistress is the root word for both <laughs> Mrs. and Miss. Well, Mistress Mulkey does not want you <laughs> acting up when she's gone. And when Mistress Mulkey is gone, I am the teacher. I don't know. How old, how old are you when you're in uh, the first grade? Six or seven. Six. Yeah. Six or seven. So this would have been 1980 or 81, uh-huh. maybe 82. Like, I don't remember a specific outfits on either of these ladies, but I remember just a general... 70s hangover color palette on both of them. Big collars, big plaids. Mm. The mom from one day at a time here? Oh, yes, for sure. The one that the one that kept saying Mistress Mulkey had full on <laughs> full on mom from one day at a time hair. Okay. All right. She kinda of had good hair. What? <laughs> I feel like Mistress Mulkey had a little bit of a she was a she was a bigger lady, and she had a big. I remember having a big gap between her teeth. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I'm not interested in getting my my bare bottom spanked. Well, and, you know, don't go to Miami. Mm-hmm. I had a real cool uh, music teacher who would come behind you if you were acting a clown in class and grab your back belt loop, and she would just start chanting, "I'm going to shake your britches, <laughs> shake your pants back and forth real fast." <laughs> it worked. 
Wow. I'm going to shake your britches. Yeah, she was cool. So do you think that, is there a chance that she was into BDSM? I mean, she did. There was some sort of controlling physical behavior that resulted in behavioral modification. So I brought up the picture here of Miss Crave, and then she had two people behind her, so you could take a look here. They look yeah, like robots in the 1970s. Yeah, they kind of look like Daft Punk. Yeah? Daft Punk meets pleather. <laughs> I don't know if it's chainmail or mesh in the two for the two minions it's who mesh. are standing behind her. Right. Yeah, and not, not minions like... No, they got Cobra Commander masks on too. Yeah, there probably are some some BDSM minions though somewhere on the internet. Send that, send, listeners, send that in. I'm sure. Yeah. Mike will get that oh, tattooed yeah. anywhere on his body if you send that. I in. don't. It's a weird Your thing. Choice. Like I don't, I don't find that too sexy. There, it's a it, lot. It more... feels like dress up for me. I mean, if you're into it, you're into it, and I'm, you know, good for you. I knew a gal. I knew a gal that did some uh, BDSM work, and it paid real good. And she didn't have to do, you know, she didn't really have to like touch people, right? To, you know, like she whip them and stuff, but and, and like call them names, yeah, and stuff like that. And and uh, it paid pretty good. And I think it was a job that she sort of dug. Um, it's a weird thing to to pay for to me, but I, I knew a woman who wanted to get into that and she was real kind of, she was real cool and I liked hanging out with her, but she was real pushy and mean. And I was like, Oh yeah, you'll be good with that. And she tells me, she tells me, Oh, I set up this thing with this guy and then he didn't show up and I was going to send him a mean email, except then he'd probably just get excited about it. Well, if she needs, if she needs help finding work, I do know, uh, I can get a hold of Mistress Malky probably still. <laughs> I'm sure she's still in the game. Yeah, hey, no, hey, you know what's you know what's fucking weird though? Uh what's I, I, that? Uh, is like and this is for reals, um you ever think like man Plural. you ever think like, man, kindergarten teacher, I wonder if they're alive anymore. Oh man. Hmm. Oh there's I... a lot of there's a lot of like just grade school teachers that are like, hey, yeah. you think they're alive anymore? I mean, my kindergarten teacher specifically, Mrs. Durbin James, she was 24. Wait, Mrs. Durbin James? Yeah, so she, wow, she, was a, sounds... she was a very progressive she was a very progressive lady. She taught kindergarten. Oh yeah, the year she had before. an affair with the with the farmhand out on the out on the in the in the in the cottage. She was shire. Mrs. Durbin, and then over the summer, she married Mr. James, and she became Miss, Mrs. Durbin Dash James. Which was very progressive for the seventies. Uh, Get affair with the guy that the guy the ranch hand mm-hmm. Brent. Yeah, he taught her about he taught her things about her own sexuality that she didn't even know she had inside her. Mm-hmm. Awakened a whole new person. A whole new yeah. I I don't know that that happened to Mister well, James. A whole new avenue of exploration, mm-hmm. loving one another, touching no, one another, exploring <laughs> their bodies in the wheat. Yep. Those summer nights, she'll never forget mm-hmm. them. Summer nights, that's great. He introduced her to. He also introduced her to three ways. She yeah. had a three way with a, a maid because she caught she caught Brent uh-huh. and and Tess in yes. in the they, she, she she caught in. She was like, "You're cavorting like animals." <laughs> and 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 Brent said, ah, "Let me show you how an animal." Acts. <laughs> I- I think you just described oh, your is... own fan fiction here. No, we should we should write this down. This is this yeah, is good I stuff, mean, it's Mike. A true story. You, I never, I never oh. thought. 
oh damn it could happen to anyone else but when i'm thinking of my kindergarten or first grade teacher and yeah. uh whole house worker uh mistress mulkey i don't know you know it's hard to tell how old people were right especially when mm-hmm. you were a little kid and everyone seemed old but in my head she was in her 40s i mean this was this was like 200 years ago because you have the amulet though yeah that's Excellent true point there, there are no two hundred and forty-year-olds around. Aside from well, I mean, there's other, there's other people who have found amulets here and there, Ooh. or, or, or who have touched a meteorite. Oh, or who are Highlanders? Yeah, well, most of them are dead by now. <laughs> yeah, are they down to just the one. Yeah, Larry. <laughs> so our next story comes to us from the New York Post. Oh, the oh. Nipo. Nipo. So we've discussed poor medical care decisions on the podcast before. Like the woman who cut off the man's foot or mm. without permission or our entire episode with Ashley Sharma. But this one that occurred in France in 2014 just might take the cake. And I want to point out here that it's coming that it's coming up because there was a recent development in this case as well. So the man in the story oh. is a father of three. And in 2014... He was then age 30, and he was diagnosed with cancer that lined part of, of his penis. Apparently, a urologist tried to remove as much of the tumor as possible. And the article doesn't make it clear, but there were a series of accidents in his treatment, which a court called, quote, faulty breaches. Those led to... Kevin? Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm, I, I hate to interrupt, but I've noticed something. Faulty breaches. Faulty breaches. That's a great <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, no, it's my, fa- it's my, yeah, my favorite British comedy. Right. Lord Atwell. <laughs> Lord Atwell's always making mistakes. <laughs> uh, it's just like misunderstandings that have a whole, whole thing. How does he react to misunderstandings? What? Well, I've just noticed, and, and I wonder if Mike has noticed this as well, that as you're reading these stories, uh-huh. yes. uh, normally there's a there's a robust a robust Kevin, loud Kevin reading these stories. Oh. And the I don't know if the listener knows this, but you're out of town. Yeah. And I'm getting a real Kevin's up past his bedtime on the phone vibe with with the volume <laughs> that you're reading some of these stories. Could you fill us in on what's going on exactly so with the I'm, the, I'm, I'm the st- lower toned? I'm at I'm at a grant. Well, yeah, this is so I just just for the listener, I want to point something out, which is a lot of times when I practice these, <laughs> I just bell them out. I mean, like I just I I put as much effort and volume into these to the point where I was once practicing mm. and my watch. My Apple Watch warned me that I was in. I was risking uh, hearing loss because I was surrounded by ninety mm. decibel sounds, and all the sounds were coming from yes. my voice. But yeah, so I'm mm-hmm. uh, at my grandmother's house, and there are people in bedrooms around me sleeping, and I don't want to disturb them with my naughty stories for you know the the <laughs> listening public. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I think they might want to know about severed penises. Yeah. Florida sex clubs, which is where I think this story is heading. What? I don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. What do you like? Real quick, do I need to re to just redub these later? I can do that. No. Oh. Okay. Oh, I've. I yeah. What's that called? ADR. Yeah. yeah ADR. ADR these word. Yeah. Like later, if if Man. Mark, if you want me to do that, let me know. Oh, if you have to do it real bad, a very <laughs> poor job of it. Otherwise, I wouldn't I want to hear it. No, it's fine. It's just, it's just, it's much more of a, 
subdued. Okay. It's fine. I can hear it. Like if people are listening to this between the hours of 1130 and four, it's uh-huh. the right, it's the exact right yeah. tone. This is my NPR hey, presentation. It's one of those like, you know. Kind of ASMR. Yeah. Well, welcome to right. Morning Edition where, penis. where we will give you all of the information I'm, I'm, in the most I'm, sedate tones that we can. I'm Terry, I'm Terry Gross. And, uh, <laughs> you know, um, one thing I noticed when I was watching the film is it seemed like, it seemed like you were having a lot of fun in, uh, in, uh, the scenes where you had to show your bare buttocks, Kevin Costner. Uh, yeah, I liked showing my bare bottom in Robin Hood and Prince of Thieves, and I liked mm-hmm. showing my bare bottom in Bull Durham, too. Yeah. I'm Terry Gross, and we're talking to sexy senior uh, Kevin Costner, and I'm 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 hoping that he's going to want to rail after the interview because, like all older white women, I'm I'm wet wet with pussy for Kevin Costner. Let's get back to the story, an shall way we? To say that <laughs> wet with pussy. <laughs> So, uh, just to review real quick. <laughs> she said yeah. that. I didn't listen. I know that was me. Uh-huh. It, uh, the verbatim. You know, what that is what yeah. I was. Yeah, we're talking. We're talking about Yellowstone, and how my nipples that haven't worked in forever. <laughs> you're you're perfectly perfectly erect when. How do you, Kevin you know, Costner? Your nipples not working. Your Terry Gross understand. is so close to a Kermit the Frog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's so you close. Know, if if the shoe fits. There you go. <laughs> so just to review really quickly, uh father in France in twenty fourteen, he has penis cancer. He so apparently he a urologist tried to remove as much of the tumor as possible, and the article doesn't make it clear, but there were a series of accidents in his treatment, which the court called, again, quote, faulty breaches. Uh and these led to the cancer accidentally metastasizing. Throughout his entire dick. Eventually, the pain got so bad that the man said he almost cut it off before his wife stopped him. But when he went to the doctor about it, the doctor said he had no choice but to remove it. After the surgery, the man filed a suit for 1 million euros. And last month, after seven years, the court finally granted him damages of 61,000 euros or a little less than $65,000. Jeez. The man said he will appeal the decision and. That his cancer is in remission. First Ugh. of all, I just want to point out in America, Ugh. that would be a $500 million lawsuit. Yeah. yeah. And it would not go to trial, I don't believe. No, it wouldn't. It definitely wouldn't With... go to trial, but it would settle for a lot more than $65,000. Well, we're, we're assuming that it is, in fact, the doctor's fault for spreading dick cancer throughout the remainder of his penis. Who else would have committed faulty breaches but the doctor's? Well, that just seems like a conclusion. I don't know that John Cleese not <laughs> prepared to say that those said breaches were faulty. <laughs> and thank you, Michael. <laughs> yeah, well, we, faulty breach. Faulty breaches sounds like a comedy about a guy's pants keep falling down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I that's awful. I don't. I don't know. I'm just scared of it's just like a new a new illness to be afraid of. I mean, it seems like it's pretty rare. I'm still afraid. That still doesn't make me less afraid right. uh-huh. of it. I mean, maybe a little bit less afraid, but like, geez, Louise, that sucks. 
Yeah. What do you do then? What do you do when you don't have? What I do mean, you, I don't know. Not that my world completely exists around that, but okay. I mean, I would I would feel like I would have to shut down my S and M club for sure, or at least sell it. That's six. Yeah, sixty five does not seem like enough. Right. If it's the doctor's fault, but I don't know. It seems like a. I guess what do you do? You just got to bring in a bunch of other doctors to testify. He did all the right things or he did all the wrong things. Cancer just seems like one of those things that the continued spread of cancer is hard to, that's what cancer does. Yeah. Cancer did what cancer yeah. does. It yeah. continues to spread. And I don't think. But it seem, it does seem like the court found a lot of negligence. All right. It just, it just seems like, a, like if they were negligent, it seems like a really, yeah, but I don't know how France works. I mean, Mike is a celestial mm-hmm. lawyer, so he may have some better idea. You don't deal with any kind of diseases like that in celestial law, you know? Occasionally you're dealing with... What uh, kind of disease, soul, diseases? Well, there's like soul parasites, um, uh, soul vampires, ethereal vampires, and and then and then occasionally, occasionally there's astral diarrhea. <laughs> astral diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just sort of... Uh, an oral, cho- a chakral aura fiki that is just, you know, it's when you have a brown aura. You, you ever heard of having a brown aura? Well, I have now. Uh, no, well. That's what's going on there. Is that all we got for this story? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's all we have insofar as we agree that this is a tragedy. We right. hope yeah. that this person's been fairly compensated. What a terrible thing to have happen to you. Right. And not, I mean, any cancer is terrible. And it sounds like having. And I will say, I mean, as flippant as I am about most things, uh-huh. I feel incredibly. Uh, there's empathy and also profound superstition where I do not want to make fun of cancer no. or dicks, uh, uh, severed okay. penises, or okay. the two together. I'm frightfully scared that i will karmically be so that's why i haven't said anything negative about this Uh or anything being you're being i think you're being very mature michael yes anytime you hear about a cancer an unusual cancer you know it's terrible if somebody said oh i've got eyeball cancer i would like oh shit oh wow i know that's bad because i've never heard of it yeah i don't know how common dick cancer is probably not the medical term yeah it's probably always pretty bad if you have it i don't think it's one of those like because that's not testicular cancer right no they actually left his testicles behind lose a ball he still has those i don't know that's i feel bad for this guy yeah i just hope it gets sorted out and i hope science for anyone who's lost a limb a body part i hope that the ai supercomputers can quickly Figure out how to make an even better one. Bionic parts. Grow us a new one, right? Yeah. That's now I think we're done with the story. Okay. Yeah. So our next story is a bonus story. If you want to listen to it, go to our Patreon and subscribe at at least the $3 level. That's the Knights of Kevin level. And you'll get access to this and every other bonus story. Um, But I'll give you a little taste here. This story is about. Did you say bonus story? Yeah. This and every. Bonus. The story is about the dangers of shysters like psychics, sound bathers, and quantum magicians taking advantage of people. There's some there's some ponies out there. There I can agree with that. It's not we don't the community doesn't think you guys really know about that. Well, Well, it set our science back. Yeah, it's not anything that we endorse. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. You guys ready to to move on to get to know your podcast? Getting to know, getting Ooh. to know about the podcast. Oh, that's cute. It's like uh, angels singing. Well, sometimes on the podcast we reference things that maybe some of you viewers or listeners don't know about. Listeners, we don't have any viewers. Remote viewers, we do. Yeah, come on. Okay. There are several patrons that we've allowed to remote view this right now. And five, actually, probably a lot of them remote viewing this two years ago. Wow. <laughs> I hope we're not the subject of a of a psychic investigation. Well, I'm, we will be at some point. I just want to let everybody know, for $50 on the Patreon, we'll allow yeah. you to re- remote view our, our recording mm-hmm. sessions. Have you guys ever heard, and I'm sure you have, of the movie Sitting Pretty made in 19, oh, I believe, 49, starring Clifton Webb? No. It's a story of an arrogant genius who answers an employment adver- advertisement for a babysitter for three bratty kids. And he, he accepts the employment because he's secretly oh, no. writing a novel oh. about a community filled with gossips and busybodies. Oh. Mr. Webb's, uh, Clifton <sighs> Webb's performance in the film earned him an Academy Award nomination oh. for Best Actor. And he replies the role in two more movies. Yes. Mr. Belvedere goes to college and oh. Mr. Belvedere rings the bell. Bum, 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 bum. According to our new arrival, <laughs> life was more than mere survival, <laughs> and we just might live the good life yet. <laughs> and then the show, the show was made in the 80s after all those years called Mr. Belvedere. Was it the same guy? No, it was not oh, the okay. guy. Uh, oh, the okay. actor, Christopher Hewitt, is who played it. Right. Okay. Uh, Bob Uecker in it both, was yeah. And Bob Uecker, well, uh, it was an American sitcom that aired on ABC from 1985 to 1990. And it was based on this uh, Lynn Alahoyas Belvedere character created in the 1947 novel Belvedere, which was later adapted into those films. But And they, they did a couple of at doing TV shows with it over the years, and it never really took off um, between the 50s and the 80s. In in this in the TV show, his premise is it's an English butler, and he struggles to adapt to uh, living with the Owens in the suburban household in Pittsburgh. Okay. The breadwinner is George, played by Bob Euchre. He's a sports writer, and in real life, Bob Euchre was a sports announcer and right. uh, kind of a funny guy, a little bit of a classic Pittsburgh blowhard kind of guy. <laughs> and, of course, Mr. Belvedere, played by Christopher Hewitt, is a very uh, – he's kind of a bigger fella and very classically British. Um, and every every episode would end with him writing in his diary about what had happened in that episode. So, mm-hmm. But Bob Euchre's the dad. Mm-hmm. His wife is Marsha, played by Eileen Graff, and she's attending law school. At the show's start, there's an older son named Kevin. Named uh, He's a senior in high school. He's played by Rob oh, he's named Stone. After me. He's named after you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played by Rob Stone, who's from Dallas, Texas, ah. actually. Um, he's, there's a daughter named Heather, played by Tracy Wells, who's a freshman. And then Wesley is in elementary school. And over the course of the Wesley. series, the, over the course <laughs> of the series, um, it kind of, a lot of it focuses on Wesley being the kind of like perennial 
bad kid, mischievous mm -hmm. kid in elementary school and and his relationship with Mr. Belvedere as mm -hmm. kind of the de facto dad, even though his dad is actually there and is fairly good vibes. So uh, George becomes a sportscaster, just like uh, Bob Euchre, uh, who was actually a sportscaster during the run of that film. Mm -hmm. Bob Euchre also very famous for Bud Light commercials in the 80s. Yeah. And oh, I must be on the front row. Yes. <laughs> so over the course of the show, Marsha graduates from law school, starts a career as a lawyer. Kevin leaves for college, gets his own apartment. Heather moves up in high school. Wesley moves up to junior high. And, uh, you know, Wesley and Mr. Belvedere are always at odds at each other. It's kind of a standard sitcom. Um, there's a couple of, of noteworthy episodes of... Um, there's one where, because, you know, a lot of these 80s sitcoms had these very special episodes where something mm -hmm. incredibly serious would happen, right. but it's still the sitcom, so they still sat with the, the laugh track all the way through it. Uh, there's one episode where Wesley gets uh, molested. Yeah, and, I remember that one. And there's still, there's like laugh track. I think the 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 different strokes episodes more there's another one that's probably the most famous of these weird ones is uh wesley is giving a he's he's a tech for a junior high production of something with presidents where all the presidents are going to come talk and his buddy is playing abraham lincoln mm -hmm. but then he comes out of school and wesley comes down and he's like yeah he got he's, he's in a lot of trouble because he got aids He's like, he can't come to school because he's got AIDS. And like, well, oh Wesley, all, all Wesley's friends say, hey, we got to start shunning the kid with AIDS because right. they're afraid of AIDS. This is the 80s. People don't really know what it is. Yeah. And the kid comes over to give, because he's kicked out of school, to uh -huh. give Wesley the, the Abraham Lincoln outfit because he graduates to get to play Abraham Lincoln since the kid with AIDS can't do it. And, and they say... Just like real Lincoln. Yeah, they say, hey, Ryan... How how are you doing? And when when he walks through the door to Mr. Belvedere's, the place that they all live, they're like, "Hey, yeah. how's it going?" He says, "I'm doing pretty good, except for the AIDS <laughs> laugh track." Oh my god! Loud laugh track. Whoa! So then it kind of comes into a whole thing where Wesley's you know scared to wear the outfit because he doesn't know if he's going to get AIDS. Uh -huh. And later they 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 go back and forth and talk about it. Wesley's mom goes to the library and comes home with a big stack of papers about AIDS because it's all pre-internet. Because at first Wesley rejects the is kind of cruel to him and rejects the Abraham Lincoln outfit. Then later the friend comes over. They kind of make peace and and Wesley says to him, "I'm sorry you got AIDS and all." Laugh track. Um, and then. And Wesley brings him up on stage, and they they kind of give a little little announcement about AIDS and try to explain it to the people. So it just that that weird thing. But the reason why I wanted to bring up Mr. Belvedere, right. uh, the most the most important I think addition to Mr. Belvedere is the story. And I I don't know if this is coming up on the podcast before. But I wanted to bring up the time the actor the actor that played Mr. Belvedere sat on his own balls and shut down the production of a major network sitcom for three days. How did this play? How do you out? know that? This is I got knowing something like that is cachet in of itself. Like that's right. where did you hear the story? Well, it is it was a rumor for years, but I did read I read multiple articles and I tracked down a podcast 
where they talked to the actor who played Kevin, Rob Stone, uh-huh. who confirmed that, yes, Christopher Hewitt, the actor that played Mr. Velveter, sat on his own balls and was forced to cancel three days of production on a major network sitcom. Now, the story had it for years and years that it was <laughs> that they were that they were uh, getting sitting around for a table read. And the actor Christopher Hewitt came uh-huh. in and his jovial self. Christopher Hewitt, a lifelong bachelor, came in and in a jovial way and sat down. And when he sat down for the table read, sat on his balls and caused the cancellation for three days of production of a major network sitcom that everyone that radios went around that, oh, hey, Chris Chris sat on his balls and that they had to get an ambulance to come out and take him to the hospital. Testicular torsion from sitting on his balls, which is what caused the shutdown of a major network sitcom for three days. That the rumors were going around, and apparently it was it was just like the talk of it was the talk of Hollywood, you know, sure. for that week. It's a big deal. I don't know of any other time in history that an actor has sat on their own balls, causing them to stop production of a major network sitcom for three days. I'm not familiar with any of those. Right now, the fact I'm not familiar is, with anybody doing that in any context ever, but. Not either, but definitely a major network sitcom right. causing production to be shut down for three days. Uh-huh. Now there was a, there's a lot of there's a there is some back and forth as to what happened. Um, there right. are producers that do that have gone on record as saying, in fact, also popularized by Adam Sandler, who was friends with Doug Benson, who was roommates with Rob Stone, that that is what happened, that they were sitting around the table read. Christopher Hewitt came in, immediately sat on his own balls, (laughs) causing the cancellation of a major network sitcom production for three days. But there's also a rumor that Mr. Belvedere did sit on his own balls but it was when he fell backwards riding in a convertible at the Hollywood Christmas Parade. <laughs> Pat Ricky, the producer, said that they had to shut down production for uh-huh. a week while it healed. Possibly it is a combination of both. Uh-huh. Possibly he fell off the back during the Hollywood Christmas Parade uh-huh. and bruised his testicles then, and then later went into the table read, sat on his own balls, uh-huh. causing the production to stop of a major network sitcom for three days. But nonetheless, uh, it is it has absolutely happened. Uh, it is a, it okay. is a fact that it happened. You know, I, it's, it's a shame that they didn't, that nobody has done a feature film based on that, <laughs> this incident. I, 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 I am, I'm just, listen, I, if there's any whale investors out there listening to us, any people, cause obviously I have a lot of ins in the film business with several different, you know, I've got sources I've, and I've, I've got a name for myself. I don't see myself as playing the Christopher Hewitt as Mr. Belvedere character. Oh, you could do it. But, you have range. Well, I mean, I need to gain some, this is not the kind of role that I would be comfortable with just like putting on some kind of an outfit for. Okay. I possibly was thinking of doing the Bob Euchre role. Uh, we both have prominent noses <laughs> and probably drank too much. Okay. But I would like to propose the idea 
of a feature film, and it's called The Actor Who Plays Mr. Belvedere Sits on His Balls, and then parentheses, and they shut down production of a major network sitcom for three days. So uh, that, that is, so if it comes in, just know that's, that's what I'm talking about when I say, who? He pulled a real Mr. Belvedere. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mr. Belvedere being Christopher Hewitt, the actor who played Mr. Mm-hmm. Belvedere, sat on his balls, uh-huh. causing oh. him to cancel the production of a major network sitcom. How long would this days. movie be? Well, I would want to shoot it in real time. So it would be, it would be. Sounds like three days. Yeah. I guess yeah. Three so. days. <laughs> Yeah, and it would follow, you know, mostly the incident and then the recovery. And Uh, during the recovery, there's going to be a lot of (laughs) flashbacks to (laughs) slow motion. Right. Different angles of of his posterior as he sits to see if there's any. How many times did the word Wesley be said in that? In that movie. Wesley. Wesley. I don't know. Do you guys remember watching Mr. Belvedere? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember watching Mr. Belvedere only when I happened to catch it. It was never a stop-down show for me. Yeah. I remember I I knew of Bob Euchre because he also, he's the color commentator for the Milwaukee Brewers. That's who he played baseball for. He was a catcher. I thought he played for the Uh, Atlanta Braves. Terrible. I'm sure he played for several teams. I think he ended up as a brewer, um, okay. but he did humorously. They have a statue of him in the stadium and it's in like the worst seat there. Like you have to go climb That's all funny. the way up. That's pretty so, great. Yeah. But he's, I knew him as like a funny guy. And then the character on Mr. Belvedere he plays is kind of a no nonsense, serious Bedraggled, like he gets frustrated with Mr. Belvedere. Yeah, and almost mm-hmm. it's that thing where maybe when they wrote the show, he was going to be more of a character in it. But the relationship between Mr. Belvedere and Wesley just Wesley overtook. Because yeah, that's I mean that's what they did, right? If they found mm-hmm. something that worked, they just did it every single week. Yeah, right. it didn't work exactly. Anymore. Right, Bob Euchre. I remember Norm Norm Macdonald had a story about Bob Euchre about how he was really really good at broadcasting like he'd just done it for so long and like doing the play-by-play and like norm came and like sat next to him during like a play-by-play at one of the games when he was up in the announcer's booth and then he had like a, a button that would mute the mic and but he would so he'd like have a conversation with norm while going back and forth between like the baseball plays and stuff that were being broadcast mm-hmm. and they would be like, that's a pop fly out to the, out to the fourth. Ooh, it's a quick catch by there. And like, then a quick mute and go like, look at the jugs on that lady down there. And just, and it would be just like flawless. Norm did it like the great it was this flawless thing of like, Ooh, and it's a pop fly. Ooh, look at the crotch on that. I'd like to grab that and get a piece of that. Oh no, one more out. That's only three left. And Ooh, look at that jugs, you know, which makes, makes me, Think, that's it that's a skill yeah it doesn't match the skill of sitting on your own balls and shutting down a network sitcom so in 1985 when mr when mr belvedere came out what possessed them to go hey remember that tv that movie series from 35 years ago what if we made that a sitcom i mean that's like me saying today hey remember 1989's She's Out of Control with uh, with Tony Danza. Let's make that into a movie. Let's make that into a modern TV Tony series. Tony Danza. I think that essentially, though, it's because all sitcoms are 
back then were mm-hmm. one of a couple things. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot. Of, a family sitcom's kind of a family sitcom, and it's right. just like, well, it's a regular family, but how do we mix it up just a little bit and throw a little bit of wackiness in there uh-huh. and there's probably some piece of like well we already own it nbc probably owned own the ip or whatever so they right. don't have to pay anybody extra for that and on top of that it was like well it's you know it has some success it has some proven success so it was easier to sell at right. a pitch meeting even though some other shows with it haven't worked but you know Testicular torsion occurs when the testicle rotates, twisting the spermatic cord that brings blood to the scrotum. The reduced blood flow causes sudden and often severe pain and swelling. Testicular torsion is the most common between ages in 12 and 18, but it can occur at any age, even before birth. Or when you're 50s and you play Mr. Belvedere, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you end up having to sit down wrong, and it makes you shut down production of a nature. Mm. Network sitcom for three days. And that is all I have on getting to know your podcast. Thank you for that gripping report, wow. Michael. I just want mm-hmm. to point out that Mr. Belvedere was 64 when that show started. Okay. Well, that's a fictional character. The actor yeah. was probably much younger uh, at that yeah. point. But the, no, the actor I'm was sure. 64. Uh, no, you, you said Mr. Belvedere. Mr. Belvedere was 64. Yeah. He played a 64-year-old man. I I that actor man. can play at least a yeah. decade above or below the real age. Could he? Uh, just good mm-hmm. acting. Good acting. Yep. Yeah. I've I've played people well below my age and well above. Yeah. Well, obviously below because considering yeah. the amulet, you'd have yeah. to yeah, yeah. be tough. Mm-hmm. So that wraps up mm-hmm. another week of the International News Service. Find us across social media at International News Pod. Email us at internationalnewspod at gmail.com. We're calling on all our listeners to appear before your local city councils in full bondage gear and demand public funding for INS. Check out the INS merch store at Redbubble and our Patreon. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the International News Service. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. INS, the news you need.